0: Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. My whole life, I would be so excited because in my family, I was the only one who didn't wear glasses or contacts. I had perfect vision and I would be like, I have 20-20 vision. And then last year, my... Something just seemed a little off, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And come to find out, I needed glasses. I didn't realize that my vision had been messed up all those years, and I was thinking everything was totally fine. Thought I could see perfectly, and everybody sees this way. Everybody can see the same way I'm seeing. Lights look you know, fuzzy to everybody, and words look fuzzy, and people look fuzzy, and that's just it. Everything always looks like it's vibrating. That's just how everyone sees, right? Like, isn't the way you see the way everybody sees? Do we know? Am I the only one who has that mentality? Like, the way I see it is the way everybody sees. That's, I'm correct in my vision. It's right. Until he was like, actually, it's wrong. And we need to correct that. And so I shared with you guys a couple weeks ago, that I went to the eye doctor and he's flipping through all the different lenses and he's having me look through and read the words across the room. And he's like, okay, now tell me about this one. What do you think about this one? Is this one better or this one? And he got to one, I'm like, that's horrible. And he's like, that's yours. That's, that's how you see it's totally off and i didn't know it was bad until i had to see how bad it was like i didn't know how to, how out of alignment my vision was until somebody came and said actually we just need to fix this over here tweak this over here and now you can see correctly so tonight in our let that like are you catching that in the spirit It's a teaching night. There's going to be some things that are released that may take where you've always seen and kind of just adjust it just a little bit. The way you've always known things to be, the way you've always thought things should look, the way they look, right? We've had to have it torn down last week in worship. That was only a week ago. Does anybody else feel like it was like three years? This week has felt like it was like three years long. (laughs) Last week was worship. One week ago, we were here having a dance party. And last week, we had some things had to be realigned. The, the God that was passed down to me, the God I inherited from my family, had to be torn down so I could find out who he really is. Like, I have ha- I'm having to learn the new. I'm, in, I'm getting a new perspective. I'm getting the new vision for who he is. I'm going to be able to see him in a more clear way. Um. So for tonight for teaching night, I want us to lay down what we've always seen, what we've always known and how things are supposed to be. Can we do that? Can we keep it fun and playful and like we're just part of a family who wants to walk something out a little bit different? Yes? Okay. So tonight we're going to we're going to have some some stri I don't what is the right term? Some aligning in that vision. The, the vision that we've had, the vision I had had to be pointed out to how bad it was so I would recognize that there was something better that I needed. Otherwise, I mean, you guys saw, I would have just kept walking around without glasses thinking I got 20-20 vision. I told everybody that. It's perfect. And he had to bring some, actually it's not. And let me show you how bad it is so I can bring how good it actually can be. Okay, stand up, let's, sh- let's shift something just right now. A couple weeks ago, I got to practice breaking down a Hebrew word. Do you mind if I practice again? <laughs> I'm like, okay. No, you don't mind? Okay, okay. But in all seriousness, he brought the word vision. This week he asked me to break down the word vision so that we can line up, right, everything I've been talking about, so we can line up with what he actually sees and not what I've always seen and always known. Okay, so I just want you to close your eyes for a second because what you've always focused on, he's going to do a change right now, going to start in the spirit. And I'm going to release over you what the Hebrew meaning for vision really is. So I want you to catch this. So vision can be broken down into four separate Hebrew letters. And then those words, those letters, we, we know it just it builds and builds and builds. And there's so much to dive into and what he's releasing over us tonight and over those of you who are tuning in with us on live. This is not a, just because you're in the building, this permeates from here. This is to whoever is willing to catch it, whoever's willing to walk through the process of saying, I may not see correctly. Tonight is going to be a new beginning to be yoked to Yeshua. Tonight, there will be a dimensional shift within myself to be more of a glorified son. A glorified son who ascends and descends to bring justice and order. To either feed or nourish blessings or iniquities. To secure heaven's connection to earth as I connect with his breath in me, him in me and I in him. It pegs the truth to my scroll of what he equipped me to do on this earth of what he he created me for. To be a son who enjoys the position of inheritance because I understand the process of obedience and correction. Tonight, our family takes the position to be a son of honor who multiplies gifts and blessings for the next generation an upright son standing for my purpose, ready to do the will of Yahweh. As you stand there with your eyes closed, I, want it to, I just want you to encounter him in a new way. Engage, just like we talked about at our party, that there are the things of heaven that we've yet to see, that those are what we get to ascend and tap into and engage with. And in that engagement is where the vision comes from in that ascending in that being the son who's positioned to be connected to him so close that his breath is my breath that i'm pegged to the truth of the scroll that he created for my life before the beginning of time that tonight That we can even just see this in this moment that this would be the night season where he brings that vision that corrects the vision that I had and brings it into alignment with what Yahweh is saying. And Yahweh, we just humble ourselves right now and say where we have had our vision incorrect, we give you permission to do what you're going to do to correct that vision tonight. That everywhere that I've thought I've known better, I've, I've known how to walk through a process. That it takes being a son who says, I'm willing to be corrected and I'm willing to walk out a process of obedience in connection to you. And we thank you for the correct vision that you're bringing tonight. That singular vision unified with you that will produce blessing upon blessing for the next generation. I just want us to stay in that place, in that um, just that place of permission to have that vision corrected. I just declare over this family and all that are are connected, whether in this building with us or outside of this building, that that deep connection, it, it runs lateral and it runs vertical. Horizontal and vertical. That there's the connections all across this earth, and and connected directly to you. That vav that connects directly to heaven. We step into that place tonight, and we just we thank you, Yahweh, for uh, spiritual parents, for the the parents of this region, for the apostles of our home who've decided that they're going to stand into in that place to be uh, obedient sons to lead us to walk as obedient sons, because that's where we can stand and declare blessings from this place forward. That tonight we declare that as a family who was willing to look at a mess of clogged pipes, that tonight that clog breaks up. That where I've been stopped up because I've known better or I've been stopped up because I don't want to hear anything different from what I already know or what I already see, that you have permission to unclog those things tonight. And in that we stand in a place of obedience to face the ugly truth of where we've been in order to be set free to walk out with your rightly lined singular vision with heaven. We just declare that all across this place that every heart stands in that position. And we thank you for what you're going to do tonight, for the change that comes from this night of teaching, moving forward into 2021, that something is shifting, something is unclogging, and something is going to be different. And we give our apostles permission tonight to hit things head on, that there would be a boldness that comes from within their bellies, from deep down inside that is not seen on this earth, that as they stand in the place as apostolic parents, we give them permission to bring correction, no matter matter what, is being um put out into the atmosphere tonight that we step into that frequency that says i want to be an obedient son who's corrected and we we just grant permission tonight we say we want that because that is what allows us to move forward with what he's doing that's what allows the scrolls that you wrote before time to be unfolded before us We thank you, Yeshua, for all you're going to do tonight. And we just declare a blessing over this place. That the that heavens, the windows of heaven would be opened up and all that you have for us would be poured out. Not for selfish desires, but so we can turn and bless the next and bless the generations to come and bless the city around us. That you've got a plan and a purpose for everything our hands are put to. In Yeshua's name. So in just being family, I just want to remind us how to stay actively engaged. Mom and Dad, you can come up here. (laughs) Sit. So active engagement, right? As we're staying engaged, what do we do with our bodies? our eyes. Remember all the things that we practice as a family. If you can't remember, there's a card on your chair to remind you. <laughs> Active engagement. Pull on that oil. Can I just share one really quick thing? I'll be done one minute. Okay, so one minute, I gotta have one minute. So I'm in the shower this week and I have these two huge bottles of shampoo that I was given. That I'm just like a shampoo and conditioner. I'm like pumping it. I'm just like filling my hand up with all these shampoo. And it hits me. I had these two tiny bottles of shampoo and conditioner that I bought myself that I used like this teeny tiny drop because I knew what those tiny bottles cost me. I don't, I don't spend much money on myself, but those cost me $16. So you better believe I was going to use the pea-sized amount that I was directed on the back of the bottle, but the ones that were given to me, I just stood there pumping. And I was taking as much as I could and just lathering it up. And he's like, you knew how much that cost. So you were willing to be careful with it. You weren't just going to take all that was there, right? Because you knew the cost of it. But the one that didn't cost you anything, you just hold everything out of (laughs) it's it's real life so I feel like there's a poverty mentality he may be getting at maybe just in me but there has been a price that is paid for the oil that is released and take it as if you were the one who pressed for that oil Use, I mean, don't I don't want us to just take a pea-sized amount and pretend that's enough to move on. It, I mean, there is an abundance of it, but in that sense, you we gotta recognize the cost. And there is an oil that is being dispensed tonight. And so when I say recognize the cost, there is a level of respect that comes when somebody steps in the room and they've been given the authority to speak to something. And as the mother and father of this home, these two have been given the authority to dispense everything that's coming tonight. And with that cost, that's been paid, It. the very least we can do is give attention and soak it all up and write everything down and study it and let it align your vision with heaven.
1: Uh, she may be setting the tone uh, because what I felt, well first of all, most of you guys know because I shared uh, in case I Uh, begin to minister from a place of deep emotion our family is in the middle of a nightmare Um, and at the same time while we have uh, in the last two weeks essentially really turned inward the reason why I'm prefacing this is because we've been getting straight downloads from heaven about how we need to send ourselves into the next year so a lot of the things that we're gonna hit on is not coming from a place of, well, I've talked to this person. Or on earth, I was um, chatting with Derek and then, and then I was you know, talking over here and so now we need to kind of come together and, and, and we need to talk about some things. This is coming from a place of truth when, you're, uh, when you are hit with something where you feel like uh, you c- can die all of a sudden the kingdom gets very real and so it's coming from a real place but I want to make sure I set the tone because if we come in to kind of correct something I know what it feels like when you're sitting on the other side of it you're like she talking about me I think I said that I think I think that And I don't know what you think, I don't know what you've said, but Yahweh does, and he wants us to also be able to be a family, to be able to address those things. When I say that, if you're sitting at the dinner table with your blood family, and you start to just, I don't know, mothers, you just kind of get that gut feeling. You just kind of think, something's, Jalen, can you give me your phone? Not, not really. But you just get like, or you know, or something, you just kind of get this, and all of a sudden, they're like, who you been talking to? And I'm like, it's kind of weird. I mean, there's some things that are happening in our lives and I'm like, how'd you know that? I mean, that that shouldn't come as a surprise. That's that spirit of prophecy. If we all are connected in heaven, then there are things that we're going to get downloads for that are going to come out laterally because we are so interconnected. So I just want to preface because what I felt like in the spirit tonight, partly coming from a personal place, I don't know. uh, So all of you guys know how we lead. We lead not because we're amazing and we have it all together. We lead because we actually are really horrible. And uh, uh, not not like, uh, here's what we do have. And let me, can I, well, okay. I'm gonna use an example of something that happened last night. Sean, is it okay if I talk about the dream that you had about the cliff? No, it's not okay? Okay, Sean had a dream that was scary I'm just going to kind of like bring it back in. Sean had a dream that was scary about his parents. Um, and so there comes a moment where what I, what I mean by horrible is the thing that I spoke over Sean, I looked him in the face and I said, I cannot promise you that I'm never going to get angry. I cannot promise you that I'm going to be perfect. I'm not, pro- I'm not gonna promise you that your dad and I are never gonna fight. I cannot promise you that I'm never gonna get anxiety. I-, I can't promise you that I, but here's what I can promise you. I will never give up, period. Death will not take me out because I am passionate for truth. I am not perfect, and that's what I mean by horrible, but I am passionate about Yeshua. I am passionate about transformation. I am sick and tired of the religious shot in the arm. I just went to my Sunday service, and so I'm good, but I live in filth, and then I come and I get clean, and then I live in filth, and then I come and get clean, and then I I am after, I don't care the filth, I don't care the mess, I don't care the death. I'm willing to talk about the spirit of suicide. I'm willing to talk about sex, addiction. I'm willing to talk about abortion. I'm willing to talk about the things that actually matter because our world is dying while the church sits in our pews. So there is a passion that comes from within that does not come because we're perfect at all, but because we're willing to be submitted as a son and as a daughter to be obedient to the word of the Lord and not the traditions of man. Okay. So when I preface tonight, there's some things that I feel that has been downloaded to us that there's been some questions that have begun to permeate and I almost feel like as a mom and dad, what I feel like is we're going to kind of step back into the arena and what I feel like I want to call tonight is an anyways meeting and what that is, is we all know what's going to be dispensed, but we're going to talk about it anyways. Because what I thought what we were gonna do is we were gonna start off the year with our pillars and the things that we've been talking about and we were gonna get into heritage and language. And I'm so excited about the Hebrew language, but I'm not moving forward if I have to keep dealing with people that are having lies and things that we're still struggling with from five years ago. It wouldn't make any sense to move forward and starting to talk about Hebrew language if we're having to like redirect and have these anyway meetings. So I felt like for the beginning of 2021, our first teaching night, instead of just diving into the next pillar and the next teaching, we're going to just have an anyways meeting and we're just going to hit some mindsets head on. If they're not your mindsets, praise the Lord. If they are, I don't know that they are, (laughs) but I just feel like we're supposed to hit on some mindsets and here's why I'm saying that. As a leader, I will never project that our leadership is because my, I'm perfect, he's perfect, our marriage is perfect, and our kids are perfect. I'm actually a leader because I'm willing to be transparent that we're not. So when I have to have a hard stop and question the salvation of my own family, that is why we are in a position to say, well, then let's have an anyways meeting. You know when you just kind of have those hard stops in your family and you're like, are we even saved? I, is it just us? <laughs> maybe maybe it's just us. But we just kind of get around the dinner table and we're like, uh, no, maybe. maybe. Maybe you all should. <laughs> right? But it's almost like a re, not a recalibration, but it's just a checkpoint, right? I never get in my car, Derek, right? And I never say, Good to go. Got new brakes. I did just get new brakes. We're good to go. There is a there is a mileage check on that. Beyond sixty thousand, fit forty to sixty thousand. Am I right? Mm-hmm. It's his car anyway. So it's not a matter. I know that I have to bring it to somebody who knows more than me. To checkpoint what I've been using and see if what I've been using is worn out, bent, not working right, so that I can get a, a, a new set or if it ne- whatever happens at that moment. <laughs> okay, makes sense. So I just feel like what we want to do tonight is we just want to uh, honestly, it's going to be a little tough. We're going to start with uh, we're going to start with a few things where we're going to I want to I I want to talk about trading. And I wanna talk about the gospel in a very foundational level. And so that we kind of have an understanding of what it is that, where this is coming from. Then after we have that teaching, I'm gonna flip the board over and we actually have some things written now about some mindsets that we've been seeing permeate that we need to uh, discuss. And if we, if we have time, this can be an open discussion. Hey, you didn't put my one comment up on that board. Let me have at it. My favorite thing is questions. I love it because number one, questions reveal where you're at, and I love responding with questions so that you can begin to facilitate to be able to get a pulse of what's going on. Okay. All right, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I what I uh, I don't know how to facilitate or administrate what I want to teach. Um, Monday night. 2 a.m. I had a vision of tonight, and I saw what I was going to do. But now that I'm here, I don't know if it makes sense. So I'm just going to step out on the vision that I saw, and we'll just start to put pieces together. But what I want to explain in a very foundational manner is that there are two families. Have any of you guys heard over any of the communication lines that we have at Kingdom Airs, this thing about two families? Yes? No? Maybe? Okay. Uh, I'm not quite sure how I want to necessarily explain it, so I'm just going to kind of start, and then you guys are just going to have to follow follow with me. Um, At a foundational level, there are two, if I can say it this way, federal heads that are in operation. There are two federal fathers that are in play. Okay? So basically over your life, there are two families or two fathers fighting for you. Okay? Specifically, not necessarily you, but your bloodline. Okay? And I don't just mean even legacy and the next generation, I mean your blood. This is a DNA issue. It's always a DNA issue. Any issue, joy or 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 horrible, whatever issue you're facing, it's about DNA. It's a DNA issue, okay? If Yeshua is about DNA, so are you, okay? It's about your DNA. One, one way to say it, I know you guys have heard this before, but uh, well, let me just say it this way. The two federal heads that are fighting for your life or your DNA or your bloodline is Yahweh, and I'm gonna say it, Hasatan, It's the Satan. And the reason why I'm saying the Satan is because technically the word Satan is just adversary. So it's kind of just this, when you just say, oh, Satan, it's just basically saying adversary versus Hasatan is the Satan. Okay, the one that fell, the one, right? Okay. Those are the two federal heads that are fighting for your DNA. Okay. Satan does not want you depressed, does not want you anxious, does not want you sad, does not want you busy. Satan doesn't care if you're, give me some negative things. He doesn't, he doesn't want you unhappy. He doesn't want you sad, isolated. He wants you dead. Okay, So if you're fighting depression, anxiety, uh, busyness, um, overwhelmed, all of those things are just uh, manifestations of some things that we're going to talk about. At the end of the day, whatever it is that you're facing... Any one of you that is facing something difficult or engaging in something that's not right can say this is the worst thing I've ever done. This is the worst thing, especially when you start talking about like religion. Like to the church world, this is the worst thing that I could. uh, You should see me behind closed doors. Like the church would just, those type of thoughts, okay? Satan doesn't care about all that either does Yahweh, essentially. Because Hasatan wants you dead. So the assignments over your life are not the end of the road of whatever it is that you're dealing with. The end of the road is for you to take your life. The end of the road is for you to trade so much that you would end up in death. Okay? Here's, and we're gonna get into it. And then, of course, Yahweh... If I could say it this way, doesn't care if you're happy. Understand it to the degree that I'm releasing it. Of course, he cares about the hair on your head. And you. the production of that family will produce joy, but it's the end result that he cares about. It's not about the joy. Does that make sense? What he cares about is that you, li- that you have life and life abundant, that you have everlasting life. So Yahweh doesn't say, I want you happy. And Hasatan doesn't want you to be depressed. He wants you dead. Yahweh wants you to have life. Okay, it's life and death. It's life and death. It's not depression and joy. That's not the battleground. It's not, I'm pure. I had premarital sex. It's not, it's not, uh, I'm, I'm divorced, I'm uh, married. Those are things that will point us in a process, but the end result is life, death. Okay. So the two federal heads that are over your life, that are fighting for your DNA, is life and death. Right? Okay. So what i what i'm what i'm wanting to talk about is the reality of the two families and how they operate and what trading means okay Because you guys have heard the word trading before. And I think sometimes we just kind of minimize it into like a giving thing and it's a financial thing. And so we trade into or we sow into. And I want to talk about the reality of our process or our choices that play a role in the family that we live with based on our trade. Okay? So there's two federal heads that are after your DNA. The only reason why Hasatan wants your DNA is because he has no access to anything unless he gets your DNA. He does not have authority in any arena unless it's given to him or it's inside of us. Or that's why Yeshua would say, you, don't have, you can't find anything in me. Okay, he cannot, it's not this uh, outside like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm going to pray and I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to explain that. It's not this like, well, Satan's after me. Yes. But there is authority within us to not trade with that, to turn from that and be in a different family that stops the process of the authority that he's saying he has. Because he really doesn't have that authority unless he has access to your DNA. He, he, he doesn't, he, it, it's like this federal head, if you will, is this like spiritual blob and doesn't, it, he can't physically do anything unless he has a human to operate through to change something on earth for his glory. Now, the other federal head, Yahweh, it's the same thing. We can't say, well, he's a magician and I prayed. Why didn't you do it? Okay? Because he wants your DNA also. Because it's through you that he gets manifested through. Period. That is the God. That's why it's better that he left so that all of us would have access to be able to begin to do his work on the earth. So now what's been happening for 2,000 years is there's this battle. I. I Maybe evil good is one way to say it, but ultimately the battle is which federal head is gonna have authority over your life and what is gonna be made manifest after your life is operating in that. Okay?
2: Yeah, the battle, the battle is what's fathering you and what are you going to allow to father you? That's the battle.
1: Now, I wanna get as detailed as that could be very simple. Well, I'm in church, so I'm fathered by Yahweh. But then all of a sudden you wake up tomorrow and you have a thought. I'm talking about such a battle that is thought by thought that it's a thought that, the, that one of the federal heads is going to be operating in that thought. Okay, can I get scientific a little bit? Okay. This is what is so powerful. You guys know that the scriptures say, like, whatever you think on, you will become. Literally. Biologically. Your thought process is just like the highways out there. As real as the highways out there are as real as what's going on in your brain. And your brain is so powerful because one thought creates a highway in a moment. Now, the first thought is like the, uh, the, the size like that, okay? Let's just say, that's the highway, okay? But if you think on that, think again, think again, until all of a sudden it's in relative to my hair strand because there is like 200, I don't even know, you guys could look it up, 200 billion miles of neurons in your brain. And we only use like 8% of it. We are powerful people, and we're not even accessing those parts of our brain. So anyways, my point is, is you have a thought, and really this thought, like, it's kind of out there. Like, I can do all things in Yeshua, who strengthens me? Right, okay. So you think about it, and it's, real, it's a real small thought, but then you start thinking on it and you start thinking on it and you start thinking on it and it begins to build and build and build until it becomes an actual highway bundle block in your mind and it's powerful because then when somebody comes at you and says you can't do all things in yeshua who strengthens you you're like you should see my bundle highway (laughs) because all of a sudden that thing comes at you and it's just a little hair strand and up against that highway it's like right okay but the opposite goes with the other federal head. You're fat, you're worthless, okay? And all of a sudden you thought on it, and then 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 you thought on it. And all of a sudden it's a bundle highway. Then you meet Yeshua and he's like, you're, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. And you're like, eh, not up against this bundle. So then what you, happens is you've got a choice. Your highway bundle, hair strand. Choice, one moment. Which highway am I going to jump on? Now here's the thing. This is what is so powerful about your brain. If you think on the truth, it actually dismantles the highway that you were on and rebuilds a new bundle. This is what it means by his mercies are new every morning because literally your brain can be renewed every morning like for real not just like not that sounded bad not that this is like oh just you know it's just the bible but this is so backed up by science but we've been given such a religion pray this my your mercies are new every morning i'm worthless your mercies are new every morning and we're not ever trained how we can change our dna You just changed your DNA by changing your thought process and jumping off one highway and getting on a new one. Now, what happens when you haven't meditated on the word? You don't have uh, spiritual parents that you can ask questions or you're isolated and you don't have a community or a family. You don't know which is the bundle, which is truth, which of which father is speaking to you. So I meet people that are like, that is my truth. And they're like, that is the truth. And I'm like, that is the devil. And they're like, no, that is Yahweh. What? That is how this works. Because you've been building this highway structure within your brain, and all of a sudden, you don't know that's your highway structure. And to be honest, that highway structure, it kind of works for you. Because if I, okay, for example, I'm a victim. Okay, I'm a victim, right? That in normal life would sound like, who would want to be a victim? Well, (laughs) If you're a victim, you don't have to have any kind of uh, accountability, no responsibility. It's not my fault. It's everyone else's fault. I, I didn't do this. They did this. What happens if you start saying, I, I did this, and I'm not scared about that. I believe that thought. I do, yes, that was spoken over me, but I fed it. I'm four, I'm four to 39 years old. I've been out of my parents' house for I don't know how long. I've been the one that's been dwelling on that thing. I built that. You can't say, well, yeah. right? Because you can be transformed in how many thoughts? Yes. Maybe in a day. Yeah. Maybe one day of dwelling on a different truth would completely begin to dismantle some things. Yeah. The problem is we don't like to dismantle some things. I like that highway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Right? Right? So every thought, so it seems like, okay, this is easy. You know, there's, you know, Hasatan and there's Yahweh. And yeah, I t- yeah, of course, Yahweh. But I'm talking about the intricacies of the day. I'm talking about your work life. I'm talking about your, uh, your family life. I'm talking about, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about everything. Okay. I'm talking about the way you think, the way you dream, what you see, what you dwell on, what you let your eyes wander to. What are, so, so when all of a sudden you get to a place where you're hit with, uh, well, I don't even know who my federal head is, right? Because my thought processes are beginning to be dismantled, right? So, when you're facing that question, you you have to begin to ev- uh, evaluate everything because this isn't like a well, I made my, I got saved. So I'm good, right? Because we've already addressed that lie. He did not come for salvation, He is salvation. But He came for what you can do through salvation. Salvation's the beginning point, not the end point. But we've been taught get your act right, and then you'll obtain salvation. And maybe then when you die, you'll be able to experience heaven, which is not the gospel, okay? But if we want to be a people that experiences our family, heaven, and being under that federal head now, then I can't wait till I die. I have to begin to operate and, and, and uh, choose. Can I say that? It's a moment choice. Yes? Yes. This isn't, I'm not trying to get into doctrine stuff, I'm just saying it is a moment by moment choice is what I'm getting at. This isn't a, well, I, you know I attended a service once a week and I think I've made some good decisions and I guess what I'm trying to get at is what's gonna happen tonight is you're going to begin to learn why we specifically are so passionate about the truth of the kingdom and for transformation because this world is nasty and we are called to transform it and what is going to transform it is not going to be religion, it is not going to be church, it is going to be heirs of the kingdom, it is going to be those that inherit the kingdom, have transformed their DNA, become a new creature Scriptures say that. I am a new creature in Christ. What does that mean? Because I said a prayer at an altar? No, because you meditated on who your father was, understood adoption, and was raised in that family, and you began to operate as one who is a new creature. Yes. A new creature. <laughs> no, I'm, I have, you know, I, I'm just being like total... I, A new creature is our inheritance now. Okay. So if you believe that you can be a new creature, that also means under the other federal head, there are those type of creatures. Hasatan creatures. And you'll see them operating in the earth. I'm talking about humans. I'm not talking about like that blob that was like kind of coming in my house. I'm talking about, I'm talking about a person. I'm talking about a straight up person You can begin to, I know this is getting weird, but you can begin to see through their trade, they change. Eye color begins to change, their their structures begin to change, and you can see somebody who transforms and changes their DNA in Yahweh. There is something to be said when somebody walks it. Now, I'm just talking locally. I am speaking to the masses internationally, but I'm just going to talk locally. I have had people come into this building and be like, what is it with you people? you are all gorgeous. Seriously. And I'm like, Cut. I know.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm talking about age reversal. Yeah. I'm talking about a glow. It's normal when you're pregnant. Ooh, you look good. You're just glowing. What if I'm pregnant with a word? You know what I mean? Like we say things that are so normal and then you put Yeshua on it. And you're like, yeah, it's a little odd. I was glowing seven times. Five, five kids, two men. I was glowing seven times. <laughs> I glue seven times in uh, glue.
0: <laughs>
1: I glued around, you know. Right? I mean, in the natural. But if we could be pregnant with something, what could Your body transform? I don't... You know what i mean when you're pregnant with something you your body just does this amazing thing you know you can anyways are you getting what i'm saying yeah. okay so i want to kind of this is what i saw in my vision so you're gonna just have to go with it i want to give a visual can i do that okay so i'm gonna need some volunteers and somebody's gonna have to be hasatan Larry, come be satan <laughs> Welcome home. (laughs) I hope this works. Um, Okay, come over here. So this is Hasatan. Okay, try to... I just want you to know this is awesome because I was like, my backup came today. (laughs) Okay, so, and can you stand on that side and you are going to be Yahweh. Okay, Taylor, Andrew, Um, yeah, just Taylor and Andrew. JJ, come on up. Come on up. So you're going to be in Hasatan's family. Come and stand next to her. Um, JJ, stand behind Andrew. Andrew, stand next to um, Padrino. And JJ, stand behind Andrew, actually. Um, who else had their hands up? Uh, come here, babies. Uh, Naya, come here. Naya, will you stand behind her? i do that. Sure, you can come over here. And then stand behind Anaya. All right, maybe one more. I need two more. Yep. Oh, oh, there, okay. And then I have three. Okay, so one more. Uh, Renna and Zeke. Renna, stand behind her. And Zeke goes, oh, this is interesting. All these sons over there. Go stand behind um, Andrew. I mean, oh, my goodness. Yes, stand behind Andrew. But I meant Thomas. He's like Thomas. Okay, so I wanna make this uh, very, I'm gonna make it very earthly and I'm just hoping that it's gonna kind of permeate, okay? So this, this uh, okay, this actually happened. So we were sitting at the dinner table and I told each of our kids, I said, who is your mom and dad? And they said, you and dad are our mom and dad. And I went down the line, who's your mom and dad? Who's your mom and dad? Who's your mom and dad? Mom and dad? and they, got, they got the answer right. So, gay <laughs> brewers. So then what I said was, now let's say another family starts coming around and they offer you a piece of candy. And you're like, ooh, I really like this candy. And then you decide to hang out with this other family. So let's just say this is uh, that family. There's this bloodline. It's super, they're like, they get it. That is my dad, right? That, that is, they know that that is my dad. And so then they start like hanging out with this other family, and this other family invites them over for sleepovers, and this other family starts hanging out with them. And then uh, let's just say this person grows up uh, after being in the family for, or, or let's even say hanging out with. I like being in this family for a couple days a week, and then it's like, oh, but I, you know, this really feels good, this feels right, but I, you know, they kind of have a lot to offer, you know, and all, right? So you're playing this back and forth. Then they're 30 years old and they grow up, And let's say they find themselves in a huge mess because of the family that they've been dealing with. Okay, my question for them was, even though I I asked them, do you have a choice to go live with another family? I mean, technically, yes. They have a choice to say, I don't wanna be in this family and I'm gonna leave and go be in another family. They have that choice, right? Okay, at the end of the day though, at the end of the day, who is their mom and dad? Okay? So when I look at my children and I say, you're perfect, or you guys, and I say, you're perfect, right? So Yahweh tells this son, you are perfect. And in his mind, he has this thought process, but you should have seen what I did yesterday. I was kind of hanging out with that family, and you i mean, you should have seen what I did. They can't compute... They're going to fight again. That, I don't know if that's my father. Does that make sense? Especially if Andrew begins to come over here a lot. And then Yahweh says, for whatever reason, there's a moment in his life, I've had enough. Get back here, son. You're perfect. Now here's what's going to happen. He's going to say, I don't, I don't think you're my dad. I'm not perfect. But the truth, where is his DNA line? Okay? So the truth is, that is his father. But after a while of being in a different family, you can't even identify with your father. Okay? All right, go on back there. Okay, now this is where it's going to get a little scary. Andrew is in a, pers- uh, a situation I'm trying to think of what I saw here. It's all right. I don't know what I'm doing with you guys yet. But here, here's, here's what's going on, okay? So these, these kids that are lined up behind, actually, all of you guys come over here. You are all God's children. I should have never put that on you. No, not you. <laughs> you are Hasatan. <laughs> You made your choice before the foundations of the world. (laughs) Okay, now, but here's the thing. That is a powerful thing. There was a choice Hasatan made before the foundation of the world. And we're still dealing with it. Okay? Because they all were created. You guys remember this teaching? Why were they created? Why were all of these, why did he decide? You know what? <laughs> I, I would do a good job by myself. But why did he say, out of my, out, I will create them in my image so that, what? Please take dominion over that guy because he hurt me a long time ago and that was not supposed to happen. That's why they were created, Okay. So that's why they're created. That guy does not want them to know that they were created for that. So that guy begins to come over here and start trapping them to come into his family, to serve He still thinks that purpose is a good purpose. He, Hasatan did not fall, make that decision and be like, I wonder if I should have done that. I mean, we're gonna make him think that. We're gonna make him question that, but he's not questioning that, right? He's still saying, my family's better. Look at all I can give you, the world. And then all of a sudden you're like, ooh, that world looks okay. That wasn't working for me anyways. Okay? So, does this make make sense? Okay, here's what's powerful, okay? Line up the way you guys were supposed to. So Andrew, stand right here, and then start the line back up. Face them. In the line, baby. Back, keep going. Okay. this is generation number one. This is his child. This is his child. This is his child. This is his child. She is her child. She is her child. Okay. So here's the thing. Hasatan doesn't really care about this guy. Okay. Right. He's just using him for his loins. He's using him for his bloodline. He wants his blood. Okay. So he begins to trade. Okay. Oh, let just an example. I like that sucker that will produce like, think of a lie, okay? I'm stupid, okay? So you trade into something where you begin to believe you're stupid. Guess what happens? Great, 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 great grandchildren are born into that family, okay? He's still intact. He's having fun. Got my sucker. I got Yahweh kind of playing this game while he's like, I like to live over here. Religion, cool, but I'm going to come over here. Is this making sense? This is why we're so passionate about Legacy because it may or may not even affect you your decisions yeah. but it affects a generation that was really cute you can come over here <laughs> she was like <laughs> <laughs> right okay so i want to talk about trade because what happens is and i don't i can't remember exactly the quote but as you trade it's always Um, Help me say it. It's not for the gratification of right now, but no, the stealing part. Delayed gratification, excuse me, for sure. Um, Satan uses things to grip you for the now because ultimately he's always looking to the future because he ultimately wants a whole bloodline. Okay? He, that's what I, this is what I mean when he doesn't care if he's depressed. He wants him dead. Because if he can have all of his DNA, he has access to the whole bloodline. Okay? So that's why I'm saying that those battles are not the end result. It's about life or it's about death. Okay. You guys can go and have a seat. Did that make sense? Um... Now, when I talk about trading, I want to make this real um, because there are things that when I say trade, what I mean by that is that you give over a part of your bloodline to receive something that he's offering. Okay, so trading, just like there's kingdom trading, there's an aspect where you can trade and what you're doing is you're giving up a part of your bloodline or a part of who you are to have access to what's being offered. Okay? So trading ultimately is, I am, you. you nothing is for free. So whatever is offered to you, Whatever is being given to you is being traded and he's taking something from you. Have you guys seen uh, Wonder Woman? The new one? No? Okay. What? No, don't talk about that? Oh. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I would spoil it, but the concept, is it okay to talk about the concept of the movie? Okay, so the concept of the movie is they keep granting these wishes. They keep getting their wishes. And if you watch the progression of the movie, the more they wish, the more they get, the more they die. But in the moment, they're getting what they wish for. And honestly, some of the wishes sound super kingdom. I could save my people. But they messed with something that then what they did not know. This is what is so powerful. They, they said, Grant, give me your wish and they would speak the wish out. They did not know that in exchange, he took something from them and it's like he, he sneaked on them. They, they gave the wish and he goes, and now I'm gonna take all your power and ran away. That's the devil, that's Hasatan. Get Give me, give me your want. just give me your wish. I want, and on the back end he goes, and you can have it. And for that, I'm gonna take your, I'm gonna take your uh, joy. Okay? Um, What's your wish? You say what it is. And that's when he comes in and he goes, I'm going to take your innocence. And he's smiling. You can have it while he's taking something and running away with it because he's taking the bloodline and all the while you're operating in a wish and you're dying because at the end of the day, you didn't know that your wish... It should not have cost you joy, right? If you look back, you'd say, man, I wish I wouldn't have had that wish. My joy was a lot more um, valuable, right? There's things that we've seen in our life where we've, you know, I traded with and then recognized that what I gave over was more valuable than what I traded with. And that's what he's doing. He's doing sneak attack trades. And so now happen with your thoughts, so you have two federal heads. He comes in. He says, here, let me plant that thought. And you'll be like, I think that thought would benefit me. And in the meantime, he goes, go ahead, have that thought. I just took your future. You know, or I just, you know, I just, I just planted addiction in you. I know you're only six. That's all right. Wait till you're 40. Watch what I can do with you. Okay? Okay? And you see it in the world because the world operates the same way. The world can say, let me give you this and in return you give me this because it's meticulous and it's calculated and they're after your future. I'm trying to um, think of like a a real life example. (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm trying to get there. Just the just-in-case, yeah. Let me take this up front for the just-in-case situation. And, there, and, and and what it is that you're giving into in that is ultimately there may not be any payout in that. That would be an example. An example that I was thinking of was a certain industry, porn industry, the calculated uh, meticulous way that they are able to grasp five-year-olds. And are calculated on how to get you to be a certain uh, um, in a certain position because they want you when you're forty. Okay, so it's in the world because it's being expressed, right? I mean, it's being expressed through through humans. His his uh, agenda is being expressed through those things. That's why when people say, "Well, if there's a God, why is there evil?" Because, and, and, and when I'm talking about evil, the reason why I'll bring stuff up like that is, I mean, the things that you know that we've talked about when we're talking about, like, evil. I, 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 um, I'm, I, 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 I feel like I just need to, like, say a couple things because I want us to understand what we're fighting for. When I find out that underneath our nose there are people that eat babies, When there is that kind of evil where it is actually paraded in the entertainment system, that that is a good thing because it gives them youth. That is why We want to understand this at a foundational level so that we can trade in his kingdom to be the heirs of the ones that are going to have the uh, strategies and the ability to be able to fight off what this family is trying to do to the sons and daughters. Okay? This is why I'll get so passionate or why I feel like we will be so... why, Why are you always so intense? Why is it always life or death? And maybe it's because I've been cooped up for twenty years of just not really having a vision, not really understanding what is all this for. What's the point of this? What's the point of serving? What's the point of doing this? What's the point of Yahweh? What's the? I'm still depressed or whatever it may be. There's those questions that begin to come up and there's this passion that comes in when you begin to understand what you're fighting for. So at one point, it was really exciting. Church doesn't work. We were like, yeah. And now it's like, so what are you gonna do about it? And now it's time to build, right? Because if church didn't work, then what is he asking his sons and daughters to do to forerun, to actually bring transformation, to give an expression of who he is that is opposite of anything you've ever known? Whatever it is that he's wanting to express in that family is not going to look like anything that's been seen or heard because we've done it all. We've done the prophecies, we've done the church, we've done the conferences, we've done done it. And yet, babies are dying or whatever, insert any evil, insert anything that you've had to deal with, or see, or whatever, insert anything that is still happening, then that means that that family is still has access, and we have a job to do, okay? So, That is personally why we will get so passionate because we want to have, uh, we want to be a reflection of the kingdom to be able to bring transformation to something so deep. And I don't mean it in this context of like the whole world, like yes, save the whole world. But I'm talking about the normal questions. I know none of you have had them, but if anybody goes, well, why aren't you growing in numbers? We can go to any meeting. We don't even go to them anymore. We used to go to meetings, and the first question we would get, how many people you got? <laughs> I, I can I, I would, I would love to just have like this survey of Yahweh. You know how those scriptures that I'm scouring, I'm searching the whole earth. And we're over here talking about how many people we got. You know what I want to be like? Nobody. I, I'm not saying nobody, but in my passion, I want to be like nobody. There's nobody. Like sometimes in my passion, there's nobody. Because while we're over here trying to bring terror on this, I got, uh, Andrew, come back up here. Uh, Who is behind you? JJ, come up here real quick. Oh man, this gets me so fired up. Yahweh is the father, finally. Okay, let's just say you guys just made some decisions. You ate too many suckers. (laughs) And you're over here frolicking around and you're all this stuff, right? Okay, Yahweh comes over here. Grabs these two boys and says, get, get your butt home. Go get home. Okay? The celebration in heaven. When they have been groomed to do some nasty things. Because this devil over here wanted you to do some things for him. He wanted you to kill, steal, and destroy. He did not want you two to just cause some depression. He wanted you guys to kill someone. He wanted you to kill yourself because of the thoughts that he put in you. Because he said, if I can have your DNA, and if I can take out the sons, if I can take out that family, I will rule and reign. Okay? So here's what happens, okay? And I get all passionate, and I'm all excited. So when a pastor says, how many people you got? I can be like, nobody! Okay? Here's why. Because i got to spend my time coming over here, we're supposed to be rejoicing and taking over the world. And they're like, dude, you're, you're ugly. Oh, you know, I, I see. Good job, JJ. See, and Yahweh's like, are you kidding me? Go sit down. <laughs> Knock it off. Right? They're in his family. They're trading with Yahweh, and he's breaking. He's. They're. He's. Andrew's in the process of tearing down all the bundles, and he's getting a new thought process. And then his brother comes in and says, "Why don't I put that bundle back in your head?" This is what I'm talking about, and that's what religion does. You go and you get saved, and then religion goes, "You're you're dirty. Why don't you get on your knees? Why don't you step down from leadership? Why don't you leave?" And I'm like, well, are you, what is this? That is not the kingdom. Yahweh would never. Do you think, let me, let me ask you guys this. JJ and Andrew have been in this family. Do you think they're pretty? When it's time to adopt someone, do you think when you grab them out of the pits of hell, you're going to pull them over in a kingdom and be like, get your life straight? You are going to get some nasty things right? There's going to be some assignments that are going to come because Yahweh's the one that does it, but through who? Yes, in this situation, but eventually a son is going to be a father and Yahweh's going to say, go get him. I said, go get him. Yahweh's not going to do it. He's going to do it through him. He's going to tell him to go get him. And when he goes and he gets him and brings him back in the family, what's going to happen when he brings him back to a religious family? Can you imagine being the father's heart, finally gets one of them to say, just tear down that one bundle that you've been thinking on and building in your brain. It's not the truth and you bring them over and you go like this, your spirit of adoption. And then you have a father figure be like, I went to school for 10 years, get out of my face. Guess what happens? Now they're like, who is Yahweh? Well, I know this family. We lose them. So when a pastor says how many people? Not that many. (laughs) Right? Does this make sense?
2: Let me add to that because I, to just give an example, I was, when I was fathered, by Hasatan he gifted me he gave me pornography but I didn't realize he was also giving me shame and the important thing is that he doesn't as a father figure as a false father he doesn't sit back he just gives you things because he knows where it's going to take you (laughs) he he knew he knew that this shame that I'm attaching to this pornography that you're too young to understand, he knew it's gonna drive you to take your own life. He knew that. And what's even crazier is I sat in church for years with Hasatan fathering me. That's what we're talking about. And it doesn't, yeah. these are the, these are, I don't wanna say they're easy, right? I was, I was feeding these thoughts for years. Haston would sit next to me in church while preaching was going on and say, you shouldn't be here. Shouldn't be here. And I would think on that. I shouldn't be here. And the shame would just pile up and pile up. I shouldn't be in this house. I'm filthy. I can't, I shouldn't be here. He he was sitting right next to me in church. And the crazy thing is in retrospect, I can look back and say, that's if I see somebody struggling with what I struggled with, that's easy for me to identify. Because I want to make a bridge. Because some of the thoughts that we're going to be talking about are you have to have discernment. You have to have maturity. You, have to, you can't stay at the level of only being able to discern the easy falsehoods. Yeah. Yeah. If I see a son struggling with shame, I can see it a mile away. I can see it a mile away, right? Those are easy now. Hmm. But when do we progress in the level of maturity and discernment that because the devil, he, will, he, can, he can put a thought in your head that can get you just, if you're not on the right battlefield, it doesn't matter, matter how close you are to it. If, if something that is so subtle can get you out, out of the, in the wrong arena, Right, It could be because that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about trading with things that are obvious. <laughs> right? We're just setting the foundation yeah. of the two families and the battle between the two families. And when you change, when you change your strategy or you, you are subject to the spirit of adoption, he's going to change his strategy and say, okay, you're in church now. You're committed to church now. Let me just put shame on you about how you shouldn't be here. You're in church now. Let me just put doubt in your mind or let me just question the character of who's leading you. Right, it could be, it could be anything. And we, get, we can get stuck on the obvious things that we've, we should be discerning.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and remember, you are what you then become. So if you're operating in shame and you're fathered in the pew and he's saying you don't belong here, what's going to end up coming out in your life? At some point, somebody's going to tell you, you don't belong here. And you're going to be like, there it is. And then you fall subject to it. You'll look, for You'll look for it, you want it, then you get kicked out and then you use it, then you, you go. I remember when shame really broke off of his life when the reality was when he stood up in the midst of a kingdom family and said, there's nothing you can say that I, you," I'm trying to think of the example, how it was said. What would you, the question was, what would you do if I told you you had to leave the church? And he goes, you can't. But to have that kind of confidence to not be tossed to and fro about what's coming, it has to come from trading in Yahweh. To where you know what he said, you know what he said, you know what he said, so that there's nothing in you that can be found. Because what I'm saying is, is it ends up, it can become, it sounds like, okay, well, Andrew, you know, and JJ, that could be like a victim, but at some point they're gonna own their own. it's gonna be a self-fulfilled prophecy, is what I'm saying. They're gonna end up manifesting what it is that's on the inside of them. So. I felt like tonight we're going to spend the rest of the night kind of hitting then some mindsets that we believe, whether it be shame, that has crept in and we're going to teach on each of them. Okay? Does that sound, the, the foundation, does that make sense when I say that there is two families after your life? Does that make sense? And why we, as a family, this is my transition into it, as a family, we operate so different. It's weird, but it is so different because I will stand and stand and stand and stand as a family that when a son or daughter becomes a mother and father and goes and gets someone from the pit of hell and they come in messy, I will stand and embrace the mess. Okay? So that... The messy ones become the appointed ones so that they'll go and keep getting more. Now, here's the thing. Other families, now I'm not talking spiritual. I'm literally talking about other churches. <laughs> this is what I meant. We can't get earthly. I'm not talking about like, oh, should I not do sleepovers? That's not what, that's not what I mean. I just mean that there, is, there are other families that would not operate under these rules. I mean, the best way to explain it would be religion. Religion does not operate under those rules. It is, you fix, I have literally heard it, you fix yourself before you come in the building. Get clean before you walk in the sanctuary. And I'm like, the sanctuary where you're gonna get clean? I don't understand how, how is that possible to get clean before you come in the house? Yeah. Take a shower and you don't have any water. Now, now. I just feel like I just need to address this because I I feel like I can like hear someone in the spirit be like, I've heard you say that my feet are dirty and you told me to stay outside. Now, once you're in this family, you're going to be raised. This is not a, I am not, I am not talking about a hyper grace crap. I'm not talking about grace, grace, grace. And there's no, I'm talking about, this is where it's going to get weird. Because you're going to be like, mom, you just were like, all passionate about it's Yahweh. Once you're in his family, he's going to raise you up in the way you should go. You are going to have boundaries. You are going to get clean. I don't love people in their mess so they can stay messy. I love them in their mess so they can stop being messy because I'm after a mother and a father. I'm not after a baby. I think it literally came out of my mouth. I don't know who I said it. I apologize. I said, maybe it's time for some safe haven drop-offs. I don't remember, I'm sorry, I don't know what I was in when I said that. But I, felt, I feel in the spirit, Salvation's the beginning. Yes. We are not supposed to have our diapers on. So you are supposed to be raised in the way. This is what I was talking about when they were fighting. I'm not saying any of you guys are fighting. That's what, I'm just trying to bring out some things, to put some things in perspective. Because then what's happening is, is then you get a mother and a father. And you begin to get raised and you're like, this kind of feels like religion. You're talking about Torah now? You're talking about feasts? That was for them. That is not for me. Oh, no, you are, son. It is for you. Because if you want to govern that law, you need to be under it. You need to understand, Jesus did not fulfill it. He said, I came to fulfill. Is he done yet? No. (laughs) So Torah, anyway, I don't even need You guys already have had all that teaching. But I'm just saying, it's interesting. Because then when you start bringing in back the order in the way Yahweh said, he, that Hasaton's family, knows the kingdom. He operated in it for a long time before you did. He knows order. He knows rank. He knows the beings. He knows. It. He knows. So he imitates it and he mimics it. So all of a sudden you're going to get into an authentic family and you're going to be like, this kind of feels familiar. So I'm not talking about like, pull him out and just caress the mess. I'm not talking about just. You can just, you cute down there. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you're going to get in the shower with him, and then you're going to go to bed with him, and then you're going to be like, get up, time to get clean again. Right? It's a lifestyle. It's discipleship. It's not like, can you get yourself clean? Now go home, leave me alone. That's above my pay grade. I got some TV to watch. I'll see you on Sunday. Because my sermons are going to bring transformation. I mean, they can bring some correction, but what is this? It's because I know that there are sons and daughters that I talk to all night long, all morning, all day, all night, all morning, all day, because training them eventually so I don't have to be talking to them all the time. Right? Because then they got it, and then they turn, and then they train, and then they walk out. I got like great, great, great grandbabies over there. I got a great grandbaby who is already discipling and walking the process out. That's multiplication. We don't have to wait generation after generation. Generation's now. That's why I can be 39 and be a great, great, great grandma. Right, because there's that level of multiplication. So what's happening is, is that you're, what what I mean by that is when you embrace someone in the mess, you're willing to be in the mess. You don't keep them there, but you're not gonna be like, get a word. you're gonna be like, oh, you're gonna get a word. And you're gonna get in the bathtub with them. And then you're gonna dry them off. And then you're gonna, right? That's, but eventually that's gonna stop. Just like when you're raising your children. You know, you never look at your kids and go get a word. They're like, I'm hungry, (laughs) right? But eventually, eventually, the kids start cooking on their own and hopefully I've raised them to get married and multiply and cook for their family. Hopefully I do not have grown men coming back to me being like, but I'm, I'm hungry. Not that they can't do that, right? That alignment, oh, I, just need a mo- I just need a mom time. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about every three hours. If I had a 30-year-old son with a family and kids, I hope they're not knocking down my door every three hours being like, mom, right? So, We're going to touch on some mindsets. We're good? Okay. Now, here's why we're touching on mindsets. This is what I felt in the spirit. We are in the month of Tibet. Okay? The month of Tibet says, watch your alignments. Okay? The month of Tibet says, watch your alignments. What is an alignment? This family... Or this family. We are in a month where you're supposed to be watching your alignments. So I just kind of feel in this month, there's been some things that have been uh, knocking at your thought process to try to get you to start the year off with aligning with some things that are not going to produce life, but produce death by 2022. There are some things that have been coming out of people's mouths, coming out, maybe not, but in your heart, it shall be, right? So out of the heart flows the issues of life. There's been some questions. There's been some, no, nah, I don't know about that. And I, and I feel like it happens every year. So I just kind of feel like this is just going to happen every year where we're just going to have it have an anyways meeting. We know this, but we're going to talk about it anyways. And the reason why we're going to talk about it anyways is because we want to just get that vision aligned for the rest of the year to make sure we know what we're passionate about. We don't get skewed. We don't get swayed in some thought patterns and some things. Now, there is an aspect in my life that usually those thoughts, uh, we are supernatural beings, right? So you are a son, okay? But every once in a while, you're like, "Uh, but I kind of manifest an orphan, okay? When you do that, it kind of permeates the air, okay? So you have a thought your own bundle affects other bundles there's frequency here okay there's energy here I'm telling you right now scientifically I can have a thought and all of a sudden it begins to mess with her wavelengths and now she's having thoughts and she doesn't even know where that came from so what I'm saying is is that the thoughts that you have begin to permeate and affect the environment so then what ends up happening is it is not you guys but we'll get an email from someone, or we'll hear it in the community, and the lies start cu- coming in. And it usually happens every year. And it's so cool that the month of Tibet tells us this because I can begin to see what's happening. You can begin to see these questions, you know, whatever it may be. What's going on over there? Or, um okay, the second one we worship people, not Yahweh. I get that all the time. I don't know what it is, somebody will see something on Facebook or whatever, and they'll be like, that pastor lady over there, they they, they like worship her. And sometimes when I'm like dying at night, I'm like, if that is their level of worship, that's horrible for Yahweh. (laughs) I don't know what they think is, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, like, but it's an interesting dynamic because there's these things that will begin to permeate and and, and just begin to kind of creepy crawl around the community. So I just felt like it would be an opportunity to be able to just hit some things and set the record straight to be able to dismiss those frequencies. Does that sound okay? Okay. So what does family have to do with salvation? Obviously in this house, we talk about family a lot. And so then what can end up happening is, is we are so uh, family foundational or, uh, or <laughs> they're seeing you get in the bathtub with people. That's weird. Religion says give them a sermon, give them a shot in the arm, and leave them alone. So then all of a sudden when you're in bed with someone, I remember years ago In the middle of Dad and I's mess, we meet the Garcias, and Jacob goes, I want to be so close to you, I want to roll over in bed and give you a kiss. And I remember in that moment, I'm like, what is going on? But for some reason, I understood it, and there was this level of camaraderie, of fellowship all night where we did end up probably laying in bed with each other. Make sense? Then someone else sees that and goes, what is going on over there? What I mean by this is an email will come in and it'll be like, you're not allowed to pray with a man. You're a woman, right? And I'm saying things like, I'm in bed with Jacob. (laughs) It gets weird, right? Without context, that gets weird. What I'm trying to say is, is that this family has been groomed. You want to be pure? Keep away from the other sex, I'm sorry, can I just demolish that right now? (laughs) Yahweh's family is super affectionate, super loving, not afraid of the other sex. Why? Because there's nothing in me. The only reason why you have to have rules and regulations don't make sure you don't put your hands on another male is because they're afraid of something being in you. Now, I'm not saying that that's not real, but why don't we just get at the root instead of putting that... Yeah. That's not him. Yeah. So if I'm a mom and I have a spiritual son and I'm embracing them to the world, it's like, hmm, and I'm over here like, what? Yeah. So it can begin to permeate some thoughts of just things that are weird, Right? So then, you don't know what is—you don't know necessarily what's right and what's not. You don't—you don't—you're not—you're confronted. Does that make sense? You're confronted with what you know. So, when we talk about what does family have to do with salvation, what I want to teach into about this, and the reason why I say that is because a lot of people say that you—you um, you talk too much about family and not about Yahweh. And I want to pose the question are they not one and the same? So actually by that question, it reveals your level of understanding of who Yahweh is and what family is, because I think they're the same word. Okay, so if we talk, like for example, if you guys hear uh, sleepovers save lives, to, to somebody it could be like, this is just getting weird, it's, it's Jesus that saves lives, right? Am I like speaking into thin air? I just feel like when you say something as crazy as family saves lives or sleepovers save lives, fellowship saves lives, whatever, somebody can be like, they are off their rocker. It's Jesus that saves lives. Okay? Now here's the thing who is Yeshua? To a what? And the Holy Spirit and sons and not to mention everything else we're going to begin to engage in Yahweh before the foundation of earth was always in a family he was never alone he was always in community He started his governing process in a community, and he's going to end it in community. Read Genesis and read Revelations. He is not ever alone. He is never isolated, and he is never that one that you have put in your mind of this, like, ruling father that I will make all the decisions by myself. Never. If you even watch in the Old Testament, he will even give power to things that you can tell. He's like, that is not going to go over well, but all right because he operates in a divine council. You can hear some of the prophets in the Old Testament ascend and engage in a divine council meeting and talk about it where he's listening to Yahweh come ask people in his divine council what he should do. He's never been outside of community. He's never been alone. He's always been about family. He is family and then he births family, and then he's going to end with family. So I just want to kind of hit that, that to me, the way that I see it, they're one and the same. So when I say sleepover, save lives, or whatever that is, I'm talking about his family getting in the bathtub with something that's messy because we're supposed to be a reflection of what's going on in heaven, and I know Yahweh did it for that mess. So we're reflecting what heaven is doing and heaven is always in community. One gets in the bath, one takes them out, right? Galatians, you have governors and tutors that have been assigned to you. There are many helping you out, okay? So there is always a divine council or a family, okay? Well,
2: let me add to that. And just to like make it, just to make it simpler, if i would submit if if this is a mindset that you're struggling with that there's too much emphasis on family family is the vehicle of inheritance this this is kingdom heirs we're called to inherit the kingdom and how are we going to do that without family as part of that institution let me just read genesis 128 because i feel that the 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 foundation of what we've been called to here has to do with original intent. So let's go back to the beginning. Genesis 1.28. He was speaking to Adam and Eve, the first family on earth. The first thing he created with family was Adam and Eve. In Genesis 1.28, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. You could replace the word subdue with govern. Fill the earth and govern it. Fill the earth and conquer it. Be fruitful and multiply. Through the vessel of what? Family. And when she's talking about what does salvation have to do, what does family have to do with salvation? When you're born again, you're a baby. And Yahweh wants to raise you up in the way that you should go. Do you know even Yahweh at a certain point in time told Yeshua, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. He was not a baby. And when it says son, it's the word weos, which means my mature son with whom I'm well pleased. Mm -hmm. And that was a distinct moment in Yeshua's life where Yahweh was approving him to move forward with his destiny. So we cannot separate the family element from salvation because if we separate family from salvation and we just say, no, no, it's just about Jesus. Whatever you're doing, you're, you're idolizing something and it's just about Jesus. There's something that's being removed.
1: Right. There's no birth process. And religion will do that. I don't need a word from anybody. I don't need to submit to anybody. It's me and God. That ain't gonna produce a whole lot. Now I understand that that sounds horrible. And I'm not dismissing that there is a time that you shut the door and you get away with him. There is absolutely an element of a personal relationship, but there's an aspect that once that personal relationship happens and he's hovering over you and he impregnates you, he expects you to birth it, turn and multiply and, and, and produce it on earth. So the context of him being, it's just about him, is already producing a thought pattern that I can see as a mother down the road that will send you into, I don't need anybody, I'm in isolation, and to hell with everybody. And so now you're all alone, and it feels good, but isolation and blaming it on Jesus is totally another father. And you're putting his name on it. You're saying, that's my God. And that's really Satan being like, let me just tell you how awesome, what, right? Let me just, you, are, you are just so gifted and just so amazing. And you don't need spiritual parents. That's ridiculous. And they're, who do they think they are? You've been in life and you, you hear my voice. But my heart is to watch that process and be like, I do not think so not because I want glory, but because I want that word to actually demolish that family, not be used for that family. I want that word to be directed. It's like ammunition, it's like when dad gets a gun. I wanna be able to take that. Remember the tightly fitted together and mutually dependent on one another and he brought that, that was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) There was the talk of the town when he brought that gun to church. But he had that gun, and it's like, you could, you know, right? You got the bullet, and you got Hasatan being like, yeah, give me it. You know, just, right? And a father would be like, just wait. Right? And the whole time, you're this son being like, let me have at it. Let me, you know, let me, let me get it. Let me get my destiny scroll. I'm ready. I'm ready to take on the nations. No? No, 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 not yet. Right? But well, Hassan, oh yes, you are ready. Right? Yes, you are, but now you're a bullet just and you're usually killing each other. Because he's like, I didn't even have to do it. Look, and you're just and then look, I didn't I, he didn't even have to do it. Look, look at how easy this said. They just want a destiny. All right, I'll give you destiny. Kill that, kill that son, kill that son, kill that daughter. Kill your bloodline here. Why don't you go get your great grandkids? You're like, brrr. He's like, "Ah, this is fun. Right? Yahweh's meticulous. He, whatever he does with bullets, and he forms them, and he puts pressure on them, and he restuffs them, and he takes them apart, and he, (laughs) right? He stretches them, and he bangs them, and he hammers them, and makes them pretty, and pointy, and, Right? Yeah, he makes them the right caliber. You're like, I want to be a nine millimeter. And he's like, no, you're a, you're a 45. But I said, I, I want to fit in a nut. No, I said, you're a 45. But nine millimeters are bigger. No, this will do more damage though. I'm, I'm not talking right, but right. You're like over here, five, this is what I want to be. And he's like, just, I want you pointier. Right. And then he puts you in the right gun. You're like, but I want that gun. Right? That's all another father. Yeah. Trusting and submitting to Yahweh. He's got the right gun for me. I don't need to pick out the gun. I don't need to form myself. Right? And so you're just, you're just, you're just molding. I mean, usually you're not like, Ooh, that feels good. Usually you're like, You're not my dad. <laughs> I said I want to be a nine. <laughs> right? I mean, that's the battle though. You're like coming over there and you're, just, you're fighting with your own dad. You know, and he's like, I'm just trying to just, you know, and then especially when you get put in the chamber, and then you got to like cock it, and you're like, I thought I was going forward. You know what I mean? I thought my destiny scroll meant I was going to change the world, but you're kind of like pulling me back. What is going on? And why am I stuck in this magazine? It ain't my turn. This is good. (laughs) I'm at the bottom of the magazine and everybody's ahead of me, and they keep shooting, and I gotta wait. Magazines are for storage. What the hell?
2: Can I just say I love that you're saying magazine. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> or when he's like, you know what, this is getting old. I don't know. And then you like take out magazine, put another one. You're like, what the I, what the heck? Anyways, does it make sense? Okay. So, there's a, so, there's, so there's, a, there's a thought process that's just, it sounds so kingdom, and it just starts you off. And then all of a sudden, a year later, you're like, why am I shooting at my family? Why am I in the wrong gun? Why am I all bent out of shape? Because that thought over here, and you didn't catch it. But that's what a family does. Let me help you catch that thought, reel it back in. You're like, who, who, you tell me what my thoughts are, right? I, I mean, on earth now. Then you got a spiritual parent who come in and be like, eh, and you're like, we are the same, right? Don't, t- I, I will pick my gun. All right, right? So, you, so there's this aspect of being able to help that process, and you can see the backlash from helping that process, as well, in the in the family, and all of the drama outside of the family being like that's stupid, right? Because you're gonna find it. They keep telling me what I can't do over there. So you're gonna find that friend, and be like, Yeah, that, that that pastor lady, it's weird. Yeah, it is. And you just keep you just you just keep feeding those things, okay? All right.
2: Wait, let me point something out. Linda, will you come up here? I want to point. I want to just give an example of how this transaction happens. It's how easy it happens, and this is why the enemy doesn't care what the mechanism is to get yeah. to the end result. He's just going to use whatever works. Go stand by, mom. Right? Mom. This is what happens. Somebody will bring their friend or whatever, and is she the friend? No.
1: Oh, no. she's. Somebody.
2: Living. Somebody will bring a guest or a friend or whatever, or. You know, whatever, somebody's been here years ago and they come back and Linda's calling Apostle Tanya mom. And they're just like, what? Right? And then, you know, and then it gets weird or from there with family and she's talking about baths and all this stuff. <laughs> and let me just clarify when she's talking about getting in the tub, getting in the bed, What she's saying is a level of intimacy and closeness of relationship, okay? So somebody comes in and they see Linda calling her mom and it's clear, it's like, it doesn't make sense. That's, right?
0: He's actually actually younger than my youngest daughter.
2: So, So somebody takes that impression from here and how close everyone is, and all this stuff, and we're talking about family, right? They might be like, they didn't even read the scriptures, right? The Bible just sat right on there, right? Whatever. I don't know what they're thinking, but this is how it'll go, and it'll eventually develop into them coming maybe for a few months, and they say, this family stuff is just weird, Right, And the, the way that we have to discern at this level of where Yahweh has us is you. if somebody says, what does family have to do with salvation? You guys are too concerned with family and not concerned enough about salvation. You have to identify. It sounds good, right? Have you ever had an interaction with somebody where you're like, what they're saying sounds right, but something about it was off? That's because... In order to, to authenticate something, you have to know the origin of that thing. Yeah. Which comes back to the two fathers. What thought was in my head? Where did it come from? It could sound good to me, but in order for me to discern the origin of that word, that's the only way I'm going to know if it's from the proper father or not. So when somebody says this, you have to know where that's coming from. And and ultimately, the enemy knows that if I can distract them from the element of family and what Yahweh is trying to do that's never been seen before, if I can just make them think that's weird, then I can ultimately cut off discipleship and multiplication. Mm -hmm. And it can all start. Because somebody comes in, and Linda's like, Mom, and, and somebody just notices, who is this lady talking to? And she's talking to somebody that's clearly not her mom. And maybe it becomes clear over the course of the night that, you know, because Missy announces it, that we have spiritual parents here, and then people are like, spiritual parents? what? And then they're just, they're just done with this, right? They're like, <clears throat> eh. Mm-hmm. Forget it with that stuff.
1: Now, here's another reason why it will be you... <laughs> Another reason why it will be utilized, think about it. You sit at a family dinner table, or if you're operating in a family, that's kind of scary. Right? Because family is messy, it's real, it's authentic. You don't get to come here and put on the smile and the falseness, and anything that isn't authentic won't fly. Because we're in bed with, I mean, we're... We're so intimate. There's a level
2: of intimacy Here's the thing.
1: You're over here in this family, and you've made a big mess. Okay? The enemy is going to immediately say, do not tell anyone. It is just wit. Don't do it. Keep it inside. Because if I can get you to keep it inside, you'll end up killing yourself. But I'm not going to tell you that. I just i want you to bottle it up because i want you to keep holding on to it because eventually i've got a plan for your life but i want to tell you that plan so i'm just gonna plant some these little lies it's shameful people will reject you nobody will want you and yahweh he's disgusted with you so i would just keep it to yourself so then you just keep building this up inside of you right so then what ultimately happens is you come into not church because church Church, can I just say that? Church, don't say anything, make it pretty. We need three songs, we need an announcement, we need tithe. Shut your mouth. You are not allowed to talk about that. Make it pretty, don't tell anyone. If you do, you'll get kicked out, you'll get ostracized, the community, you're, just, you're done for.
2: Then have a meeting afterwards about who, let, who invited the prostitute ha. who just came in off the street and fell at the altar. Who invited her?
1: So, so the, all this is going on. When ultimately that just produces death, right? The only way for that to be fixed or transformed or for it not to be there is to say it, is to expose it, for it to come out in the light, for it to be in his light, for it, for him to have access to it. Well, sometimes, sometimes, I'm not saying it can't, it can happen in the closet by yourself, but usually what happens is you, oh, well, I will take that to my deathbed. Ain't nobody going to find out about that. Now, you know Yahweh knows, but that's this internal wrestling match that's going on. But when you enter not into church, but you enter into family, family begins to press on some things because it is real and it is authentic and it's operating at a level higher than what they're operating at. We're okay with exposure. We're okay with transparency. We're okay. And, and, And he's over here like, what are they doing? There's sin over there. That's happened. There's sin over at that place. You know there's sin over there too. We're just willing to identify it. Because if I can get its name, it's gone. And it will be gone. It might be a mess now, but give me five years. Let Yahweh have five years of raising him in exposure and in transparency and in a family and and actually have transformation instead of a false transformation. Or a fake transformation. Or it's or it's dormant and then it comes out when you're 40. Okay? All right. Next one. We worship people, not God. Okay. Where is Yeshua? Right? And so one day you like that scripture. Greater is he that is in me than is in the world. And you amen it. But then when you have to honor Yahweh and someone else, oh, that is weird. What are you doing honoring people above Yahweh? Wait, I thought he lived in me. So the mindset gets exposed when you start thinking it out because one day you can be like, I am a new creation in Christ and he lives in me. And then all of a sudden, when we start pressing on honor and covenant and how to operate it and live a lifestyle of honoring Yahweh and someone else, now all of a sudden it's like, pfft. There's way too much honor going on over there. It's idolizing. It's worship. When we don't, as a Western culture, we don't know the first thing about honor. And we're trying to establish a new culture of an authentic honor, of being able to honor one another, and that's the thing that you get criticized for? This is what I'm talking about. You're all up in this family, and we're talking about, we should be out honoring one another instead of being criticized there's just that that honor thing is it's weird it's the thing that's real that that right it's the thing that's real that pushes up against what's unauthentic the authentic is going to push on what's on a, unauthentic and it's going to make you question some things you know uh whatever whatever the mindset might be i don't know where it comes from i don't i don't know all the intricacies of it but there's this aspect that when someone is honored it's either um i, I mean i don't know jealousy i don't understand it um well let me which which is so crazy because in the church world oh, you guys is this okay that we're having an anyways meeting cuz sometimes i'm like In the church culture, honor's totally normal. As long as everyone's a little peons and there's, you know what I mean? And that's like, that's normal. And then you have an authentic, all of a sudden, the overflow of, I had a mom that embraced me in my mess and she helped me understand the lies and helped me be brought into truth when I was going down the wrong road. Out of my overflow, I want to honor her and I brought her flowers. And all of a sudden, that's weird. Weird. Right? There's honor that's being uh, forced, and then you have an authentic honor. There is never once we have ever said, you guys should send us, you should buy us stuff, you should should honor us. It's never come from that place. It's always been an awkward honor because all of a sudden you guys are rising up and you're like being really weird. (laughs) Like the Lord said, your level of honor is gonna make you feel super awkward. It's coming from the, from, uh, Generations well, what,
2: what about in scripture when it says your children will rise up and call yes. you blessed? What, we're, that goes out the window when family goes out the window.
1: So it's like nobody needs to be blessed and all of a sudden you're seeing mothers and fathers begin to rise up. And it's this, right, versus this other type of honor, right? So anyways, I just wanted to hit that. What? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so I just want to hit that, that if those begin to permeate of like, what is this honor, or what is it that's going on, to be able to understand that there are aspects that he's, we are on the floor of honor, yes? Because he told us if we do not understand honor, we will not be able to engage. Why? Honor, heaven is attracted to honor. Heaven is attracted to honor. You want more engage, engagement of heaven? Then honor needs to be a foundation. And I'm not talking about a false honor about actions, but it's about the mindset of being able to understand honor. There is protocol in the kingdom. And this is what I mean by hyper grace. It doesn't mean come over here and just walk all over people and this is familiar and I'm a, it, 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 there is a protocol and there is an aspect that he is attracted to kingdom order and honor. And I just want to point out that scripture, if we believe he's in us, that's all that is. And that's what I mean by how the hypocrisy in our own thoughts of, well, it was okay when I said I needed him, but if somebody else needs him, that is not worth my honor. Okay. All right. I think we're up and we only got to two things.
2: We still got eight The
1: uh, the other ones that we saw was we're not ready to give up. Whatever. We're not ready to give up. Blank, whatever that is. I want to go back to the beginning. I don't care about your addictions. Who said that? Addictions. I, I, I'm. I'm after what we talked about in the beginning. And I believe that Yahweh has given us a strategy to bring us back to the original intent. So when it doesn't make sense and you're like, yeah, but I still want to do this. Yeah, but this is what I've done. Or yeah, but this isn't an option of I'm going to pick and choose my family. Or I'm going to pick and choose what I like and what I don't like. I'll take half of what they say, but I don't know about all this other stuff. I'm going to dismiss half the teachings, and I'm still going to operate under a a, other mindset. This isn't really a time right now. In the month of Tibet is not the time for you to make up your own decisions, what you're going to take and not take. It's not, what I mean is, is this is not like a shop around, take what you want, and then go over here and then shop around and take what you want. It's family identity, it's truth, it's things that he is revealing to us together as a family. So when we say, yeah, that's nice that you said that thought was creating a wrong highway, I'm not ready to tear that down. This is the time to not say, I'm not going to do that. It's okay to be like, I struggle. It's okay to say I want to be part of the process but don't put your foot down now and be like I want all that inheritance but I'm not giving up that I want yeah or I don't want to do this whatever that is so it's like you're you're don't have one foot in and one foot out is all I mean because it's it just starts the process So we just need to be careful about and i'm saying this coming from the season we just came out of to be careful about those things yeah but i guess um what i want to what i want to say is just make sure you're on the right battlefield don't fight a fight over something that you want to hold on to while you're dismissing the generations because you wouldn't endure a process that's all i'm saying Just endure a process. Don't put your foot down and say, I'm not gonna compromise in this if you have not evaluated where that thought has come from. This is not the time to pick and choose in that regard is what I mean. Just being being able to understand that there's a process in the things that he is. Because remember what I said, we've done a lot of giving up. But as we build... And as we see the mess, because now we're all going to have to rise up and adopt the mess and bring it over, it is going to challenge your every fiber. Do I really want to sign the adoption papers? is that what I really want to sign my name on? Is that what I want to get my hands on? Is that what I really want to do? And that's going to be those moments where you're not going to be able to have one foot in or one foot out because you have to be that strong pillar to raise them up in the way they should go. Meaning you can't be questioning those things because you need to start raising those things that are going to be questioning those things. So you have to be ready to confront the things that they question. Don't let it find anything in you when your son or daughter goes, I don't really understand why you guys want to Christmas. And you'd be like, yeah, I, I don't know either, but you know, just keep doing it. And not endure a process or lead us in, lead the family into a process. Why is he saying that? What is going on? What's to come down the road? Does that make sense? And and, and you're going to have to stand firm because that happens when you begin to, when you begin to uh, put your hands on something and begin to raise it up because they're going to have uh, their own Process, And you're gonna have to walk them through the process. So I'm just saying be firm in your own process so that you can be firm when they're, don't allow their process to be like, oh. It's like if I was an alcoholic and then I raised somebody who has a struggle with uh, uh, alcoholism, right? Make sure it's out of you. Because you are going to be, if if you were an alcoholic or are one now and you're closet drinking, you will be the one that will transform another alcoholic. So you have to make sure it's completely out of you so that when you get in the trenches, it has nothing in you. And you're the testimony of getting them out. This is what I meant when I said I went to the strip club in Canada. I loved the ministry. It was awesome. But ultimately, what I would have loved is to send some sons in there. I want to get that radical. You know, it's, only women are going to go in the strip club. and they, I want to send some sons in there who are pure who will keep their eyes straight and begin to speak identity over those daughters and understand how to remain a son in the midst of that environment because that's going to break off shame, not a flower from a girl. You know what I mean? There's going to be some things that you're going to have to put your hands on. So you're getting pure so that you can go into the strip club, not in your old way, not in the way you used to go to the strip club, but you're going to come out of that lifestyle, be fully transformed. You're going to walk in as a light bearer into that darkness, I I think I should go to the strip club.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One thing about, we're not ready to give up such and such. The thing about Yahweh's house is the truth is objective. The truth is the truth. In the false father's house, it's relative. It's, well, however you see that, you know, whatever you wanna take from that. And a lot of times people will, will look at us and say, the things that they're releasing is it's for them because they're crazy it's for them because they're they're way intense and so they're going to go to the extreme but well the truth is objective right like to take christmas for example right it's all revelation it's all a process everybody's walking it out in their own time it 's you know we didn't have this revelation all the time, but when Yahweh takes a group of people or a family together and brings them and walks them through things, if he presents a standard of truth and you now know something that you didn 't know before you can't it 's not relative. What the enemy wants to do is make you he wants to bring you back over here and look at it and say, it's "Well, I like that part, but mm-hmm. not that part i 'm going to make it subjective." Mm-hmm. Right? This ha- this is the problem with the world right now. Everything is relative. Mm-hmm. You can be whatever you want. You can say a grown man can be a baby. A man can be a woman, whatever. You can say whatever you want because the truth is not objective. Mm-hmm right so when we have when when we're reading the the truth when we're encountering the person of the truth and we get back to the original intent about what he actually said right and that's why we're so passionate about it like she said this it's almost like this is the truth this is the truth and i've been learning this relative kind of the truth mm-hmm. Maybe the truth, maybe even not the truth. And now all of a sudden Yahweh says, this is the truth. Mm -hmm, This is my original intent, right? And not saying we fully understand it, but when he says that in his house, it's objective. And we raise our children in a way that when they're confronted with the truth, you have to face it. You have to wrestle it. You don't run away from the truth and say, well, I don't really like this part. This is my truth.
1: And you guys, I have obviously seen, um, I know that you guys need to come up here. I just wanted to say this really quick because it was interesting to me. One of our kids had a survey at the school and they wanted to know how they should be addressed in pronoun form. So they or them, right? Um, He, she, they, them, like you could call them a they. And what's interesting to me is I was trying to explain this very foundationally with Jalen. And I was saying that's changing the English language like it's changing language because in English one is one and two is they it, so or like what you guys saw amen and a woman right I mean this is amen is a Hebrew word it means so be it. it has nothing to do with gender and now we're fighting on a battle that we should say a woman we're, this is, the next generation is up against some things that are very relative, and you could just have that one, good point, and you don't know the Hebrew word, you don't know the Hebrew language, or whatever, what, whatever it is that come, it comes our way. So I think that ultimately it's being able to uh, stand, stand, on those, um, stand on those convictions because of what is coming down the pipeline because of that family. Okay. And we have an assignment point is that Yahweh said it's time to build what does that mean when you build you're going to have assignments and you are going to grab and put your hands on things and it's not going to be pretty if it was they would already be in the kingdom right they would already be a light being so there's going to be aspects of being able to grab onto darkness and you have to project your reflection and project your light being onto that darkness which means what I've said from the beginning darkness is not the enemy Darkness is not the enemy. I know you've been taught that, but it is not the enemy. Darkness is mystery. Darkness is a treasure for you to search out where is he? Because at the end of the day, who is their father? Who knew them before in their mother's womb? At the end of the day, that is their father. There is a family line that is there, and you're bringing them back into their family line, and so you have to project that light into that place of darkness, which means we're not afraid of darkness. It's not the enemy. It's just a mystery, and so we put light into that and bring them in. Amen? Obviously, there was one more. Maybe we'll have another anyways meeting. You know what we'll do? Uh, Presbytery. (laughs) Presbytery, can you guys remind me? Family meeting this month. We'll keep doing this anyways meeting in family style because I know that little one has a ton of questions. she said her hand up. I'm so sorry. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk to you. She has quite. I know that I said if we had time, we would do discussion. I want to hear your mindsets. In fact, use this as homework. Search out those hard, even if they sound accusational, I'm all right with that. I'd rather be accused now than accused in a year from now when it's really messy, right? Bring those mindsets, bring those struggles, bring those questions. I'll just read it out loud. Since we have money, why aren't we spending it? Let's talk about that. It'll be a good one because we're going to get at poverty and we're going to get at mindsets and we're going to talk about some things. So bring whatever it is table. Okay. And we'll have a family discussion.
0: Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomairsflag.org. Thank you.